The urban areas of the world are such a huge mission challenge for us for many reasons. First of all, they're so big, there are just so many people and they are rapidly growing. Just recently, for the first time, more than half of the world's population now lives in cities. You just mingle in the cities and you see that people are just so busy. Uh, just to have even the time to listen to somebody talking about Christianity is a challenge. You know, a global mission pioneer, for example, goes into a village in a rural area and they get an audience immediately. They're the best show in town, but you know, come here into the middle of New York City and it's a place of so much different choice and option. People have restaurants and theatres and concert halls and museums and just so busy. And to even physically reach people, to even have access into their apartments is a huge challenge. In the urban areas, people tend to be more postmodern. They are much more open to different viewpoints, but they don't think that any is more important than any other. It's up to each person to make that decision. It's a field of relativism where Christianity is no more important than any other worldview. And people are hardened. They've heard it all before. How do we even begin to make the gospel meaningful to these people? And in these cities, we have people who are very rich, increased with goods. They feel as if they have need of nothing. But we also have the desperately poor. And we also have the challenge that it is just so expensive to work in the cities. It would take a huge budget if we were to run a traditional evangelistic series in the heart of New York City. So these are just some of the things that together make the cities such a daunting challenge. But a challenge it is, and it's a challenge that we as a church must focus on. For more than 150 years, Central Park has proved an urban oasis for busy New Yorkers. This 850-acre park of woodlands and streams and rivers and lakes and lawns is a place where people can come away for a while, to relax, to enjoy the sun, to go for a walk. There's even a zoo in the middle of the park, some 24,000 trees. You come here any season of the year and people are coming here with their families, elderly people, kids, just a place where they can come away for a while, where they can relax, where they can just have some time away from the busyness of their lives. Central Park connects to the lives of New Yorkers. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we as Seventh-day Adventists could connect to urban dwellers in a way that Central Park does? More than 100 years ago, Ellen White had a vision for urban connection points. She called them centers of influence. These were to be centers of holistic ministry in urban areas, not huge institutions, but smaller plants where Adventists could minister in a holistic way to the community in urban areas. She became very disturbed when she saw resources being put into one or two large institutions that grew and grew and became very almost inwardly focused. She wanted to see it spread out. She wanted it to be where the people were in the urban areas. And these holistic centers of influence were to connect with people's needs. She saw things such as restaurants, literature, 
treatment rooms, all sorts of things that would reach out to the people's needs in the community. Today, this idea more than 100 years ago has life. What can we do to start these centres that will place us where the people are so that like Jesus, we will connect to them in a way that will touch their needs and touch their hearts. When we look at our mission to the cities, we can talk about different models and methods and approaches, but we must make sure that they are based on Jesus' example. Ellen White summarizes that as Christ's method. And she says that it had five important components. First, he mingled. Secondly, he showed sympathy. Three, he ministered to needs. Four, he won confidence. And then, and only then, he bid them follow me. We can't skip any of these steps. Each one of them is vitally important. And too often we come in and we preach at people and we tell them truth and we deliver the message and we haven't really earned the right. We haven't mingled, we haven't showed sympathy, we haven't ministered to need and we certainly haven't won confidence. So when we're looking at our urban mission, we must make sure that we base it on Christ's method and Christ's method alone, which Mrs. White tells us is the only way to have true success. The first step is mingling. Ellen White says that Christ mingled among people as one who desired their good. And as you read through the Gospels, you see how there were some times when Jesus spoke to large crowds of people, but he also had that one-on-one -on -one connection with a lone Nicodemus at night, with the woman at the well. You see him touching the eyes of the blind men, touching the hands of lepers, he was physically and emotionally and spiritually engaged with the people that he connected with. And we're called to do exactly the same. When Christ came down, he mingled, he became one with us, he put on human skin, he got his hands dirty. He didn't do salvation from a distance. He did it connecting with people, becoming one with them. The second step in Christ's method is showing sympathy. This describes the stance, the perspective from which we treat people. The Gospels tell us that when Jesus saw the crowds, he looked on them with compassion. And he treated people gently and with love. We're to do exactly the same. The next step is to minister to needs. That means we need to understand our communities. We need to study the communities. We need to talk to people. We need to listen. What needs do people have? What are their interests? What do they worship? How do they spend their time? And once we get to understand our community, then we can start to serve them. And the centers of influence are holistic service centers where we connect with needs. It may be that people have physical needs. Uh, Ellen White talks about health work, health ministry as being the right arm of the message. And often this is the best way to connect. Or perhaps it may be that in the area where we have our centre of influence, there may be many single mothers and their greatest need is just to have a few hours every week where they can drop their kids off to be cared for. Whatever it is, it is a platform for us to minister to people's needs just like Jesus did. As a natural result of mingling, showing sympathy and ministering to needs, Jesus naturally won the confidence of people just see in the Gospels how sinners love to be near Jesus. You know, too often today, those of us who are pretty sure about how people should be living and how they should be acting and behaving, 
Uh, sometimes sinners don't like to hang around us. But Jesus won their confidence. And then as a natural result of that, Jesus could say to them, follow me. This is the ultimate result of Christ's method. People start to follow Jesus. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit as he works on our humble efforts of mingling, showing sympathy, ministering to needs. The Holy Spirit comes in and blesses and leads people to Jesus. In 1910, Ellen White said that urban ministry was the essential work for this time. Eight years earlier, she said, we have neglected the cities. I wonder what she would say today. What a tremendous challenge we have before us, but what also an opportunity it is. Through centers of influence, through these platforms for ministry to the community, we can touch so many lives for Jesus Christ. When Moses sent the spies into the land, he asked them to check on the cities. They came back and they said, they're large, they're well fortified. Well, today they're even larger and they're even more well fortified. But two spies said that we can do it with God's help. The same challenge is before us today. What a wonderful opportunity to follow Christ's method, to touch lives for Him, for His kingdom.